0: Hey, y'all, my name is Jonathan Martin, and welcome back to the Zeitcast. However you got here, I'm so happy that you're here. Today, I want to talk about Ramadan. How about that? There's never been a Zeitcast on Ramadan before, but it seemed like a wonderful opportunity to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, Mimi. I will say more about her when I introduce her more formally in a few moments. Uh, She is the president of our Muslim Student Association at DePauw. I felt like maybe it would be worth saying a few things out of the gate, though, because I'm aware that my life right now is at really strange and wonderful intersections. As a product of sweat and sawdust kind of Pentecostalism, I know I might not be the most likely person in a way to be doing this kind of interfaith work, but I love it. I love it so much. And I could see where people might think there's a whole lot of tension between you know, when you come from a belief system that, well, like all belief systems is very particular. And one of the things we talk about at the center for spiritual life, one of the things I like to talk about is that we don't want to flatten out anybody's particularity, but actually we would only want students to deepen the particularity of their own faith, that the more they deepen the particularity of their expression, the better that is not only for them, but for the rest of us, for the rest of the world. So we're not trying to flatten out the particularities. This is not, 1992. And the way interfaith work is defined is not, hey, let's everybody get in a room and find a generic uh, name or language for God that we can all agree on. And let's try to have some kind of a worship service together in which no one expresses any particular thing with any particular meaning. Let's just have a generic kind of God love fest. Who's interested in that? I mean, it's exactly where the particularity is, where things get interesting. So we want to sharpen those edges, not to dull them down. And I I don't really experience a lot. Can I say I don't really experience any tension most of the time between the work that I'm doing that is on the one hand chaplain. So in the sense of I'm doing the same kind of Christian pastoral stuff, than the way I've always done praying with folks and being present in trauma and transition and all those things that I love to do with Christian students. But then also as the director of the center for spiritual life, holding this space for students from faith traditions that are not my own for our Hindu students our Muslim students, our Buddhist students. Um, it's a really beautiful part of the work. One of the things that I've really observed in rural Indiana where you're 40 minutes away from the closest mosque hour plus away from the closest Hindu temple is that these students, these student groups I find to be especially robust because precisely, uh, precisely because they don't have that kind of geographical local support system that we often experience within faith communities are very local by nature. They don't have that. So what they've developed internally in terms of community is really profound and strong and wonderful. And I love to see that. I love to be able to bear witness to that. But, you know, I also have this sense of, and I want to actually say this in a, in a uniquely Christian way, very much in the language of my tradition, some point very soon, maybe in the next couple of days, I really need to record an episode. Y'all may not need it. You may not be interested in it, but I need to do it. I need to record an episode about, uh, the Shisaku Indo novel, Silence, which I just finished uh, leading a course, an eight-week course uh, at the university. It was life-changing for me to encounter that text from a very different direction than I did the first time. It was probably 20 years ago, maybe more. I'm a very different person. The central character in the novel, Rodriguez, if you're familiar with the novel or the uh, quite powerful Martin Scorsese 2016 adaptation of the novel. You know, the central character Rodriguez is this priest from Portugal who starts off with a lot of idealism and he's idealistic about martyrdom. He's idealistic about what it is to give his life away, to lay down his life. He has romantic ideas about a lot of things. Uh, In general, he has a lot of expectations about how things are look and how the world's going to work when he goes to Japan. And as he encounters, I don't know if these are major spoilers or not. It feels like when a a novel's been out since 1965 and a film since 2016, maybe they're not spoilers. But so much of the tension of the book, right, is that uh, his mentor, Ferreira, uh, this priest who trained him, uh, they've got word that he's apostatized, that he's rejected his faith under pressure and he doesn't want to believe this is true. He sets out hoping to find Ferreira. And in this journey that he goes on, uh, and this is set in Japan in the 1600s, a time of uh, while the story is fictional, the events surrounding it are not fictional at all. Christians were tortured and persecuted in horrible ways, Uh, really uh, insidious things done to to human bodies uh, for based on, people's professed love of God. And so all that to say with well, the story changes for him, his story changes when his knowledge of suffering is no longer theoretical. Is that true for all of us that our story changes when what we know about suffering is not theoretical when it becomes experiential and firsthand and specifically then the people around him are suffering because of his faith and the it doesn't just become, if you don't renounce your faith, we'll torture and ultimately kill you. We will kill these people around you if you don't renounce your faith. And uh, again, I don't feel like this is giving too much away. Uh, way. It just feels like it needs maybe more exploration another time. The climactic scene really in the novel is where, because uh, the whole in the whole book, Rodriguez is contending with the silence of God in the face of all the horrors that he's experiencing that his friends are experiencing, he feels like God is silent. Uh, interestingly enough, the way he describes that silence does not sound so silent insofar that there's a lot of language and imagery of the ocean and the roar of the waves, but in that roar and rhythm of the waves, there's a nothingness to it. So, so there's sound, but that doesn't mean anything. And he's convinced that God is silent, that God is not responding in any way. And it's not, he doesn't feel like uh, he experiences the voice of God. He is contending with God's absence, God's silence until he himself is confronted like so many other people before him in the novel uh, with the decision to trample on the fume. So it's an image of Christ, basically an icon of Christ. And in that moment, the image of Christ becomes alive and he hears the voice of Christ for the first time. And the voice of Christ says, trample me, trample me. In the, uh, apparently in the original Japanese version, it's a little more gentle than that. Like you can trample me, you're invited. There's an invitation. It's all right to trample on me. And um, you can interpret that in all kinds of ways, but part of why I find that image to be so powerful is that he moves from this kind of romantic idea of standing up for his faith or laying down his life for his faith to an invitation of Jesus, who really is not ultimately all that concerned with his own namesake, who's really not all that concerned with his reputation. Um, for him, it's unthinkable, the idea of trampling on the image of Christ. What if Christ is not as concerned about this ultimately, this for me is the heart of what Christianity is all about is laying down one's life for your friends. And that includes for those of us who are Christians laying down our rights, laying down our preferences for people who are outside of our faith tradition. That's why it's always so weird to me when Christians are going hard for their rights or suggesting their rights are being infringed upon in some way, uh, standing up for like, as, as a Christian, like I have these rights, well, I feel like so much of the way of Jesus. Some of you have heard me say this before. Jesus himself says he's the way, the truth, and the life. So it's the way of Jesus is a way of, uh, well, to use the language of the Apostle Paul, considering others better than yourselves. And so to bring this around full circle, for me, it's such a natural extension of my Christian faith. Well, What does it look like for me to really express love for God as a Christian? Well, it is to defer to my friends and peers who are not Christian. It is to uh, being able to uh, help carve out space uh, where my friends whose faith practice is different than my own, to to have that kind of space in a place, and again in rural Indiana where that doesn't always exist easily, is, is such a gift and a privilege for me. And I wish that we thought more of our own faith in that way. But oftentimes the the goal of our faith, especially for those of us who would claim to be Christ followers is not so much to build the name brand of Christianity, but is actually uh, a yieldedness and a surrender. Uh, again, a, a, a laying down our lives, considering others better than ourselves. And um, so I'm just, it's a beautiful gift is all i'm trying to say to be able to serve folks that don't share the exact same language of faith but there are interesting intersections to be explored even if we don't flatten out the differences and everybody is able to fully explore the particularity of their own tradition there are intersections to be explored and that's a little bit of what we're able to do i hope in this conversation Uh, so fascinating for me as a christian Who has had some experience of fasting and is always still trying to figure out exactly where those disciplines fit into my life and how to be able to have that kind of conversation with a Muslim friend about what fasting looks like for, for them. So hope this conversation is beneficial to you in some way. And maybe for those of us who are Christians, we're still on this journey of Lent preparing for Holy Week. It would be a cool time for some of us to think about how we could support our Muslim neighbors, our Muslim friends, during this holy season for them of Ramadan. Uh, Wouldn't it be interesting if part of our Lenten practice, if part of our preparation for Holy Week is how can we love our neighbors well who do not share our same practice and language of faith? That sounds pretty exciting to me. After I hand this over to to Mimi. I want to hear that conversation. I want to jump back in. So I will take this moment if I can make this plug. I'm so thankful for those of you who are able to support the Zeitcast anyway, whenever you like, subscribe, share, any of the things, certainly uh, if you're able to support on Patreon, thank you so much for doing that. It means the world that you uh, help me continue to be able to, to do this work. So thank you. glad that you're here hope you enjoy this conversation with mimi and we will certainly look forward to being able to host more conversations like this in the near future director for the center of spiritual life and associate chaplain I am here with Mimi upang who by the way is one of the coolest human beings that I know that's Thank true you. you're one of the coolest human beings I know I know your mom keeps up with this kind of stuff so we'll give her more titles
1: yeah oh many things yeah I hope my mom's watching
0: <laughs> hi Mimi's mom <laughs> <Are you there>? <laughs> <laughs> and she's in town this week right yeah she
1: is she is that's amazing
0: she might stop buying a few oh well I still so hope I get to meet her I'm uh, Mimi really is one of those truly extraordinary students. I I say these kind of things behind your back, too. uh, That makes what I do so much joy. In fact, this is my recommendation. For anything wrong in your life, I highly recommend more Mimi. I think more Mimi is just what the world needs right
1: I think more Jonathan is what the world
0: needs. Well, I'm glad we have a mutual admiration society happening here. Um, and I'm so thrilled that you would take the time to talk with us today, especially yeah. first day of Ramadan. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it is. It's ah, very
0: Well, I was so excited to be able to have this conversation both to be able to explain to folks in our broader community a little bit more about what Ramadan is, what it's about, but then also talk a bit about what it specifically means to you, uh, what it means to you this year. But maybe to start with the most basic question, what is Ramadan? Um,
1: so Ramadan is the ninth month and the islamic calendar or the lunar calendar and this is the month that the quran was revealed to the prophet muhammad peace be upon him by the angel gabriel and so in this month we fast 30 days from um from the first appearance of the sun which is a bit before of light in the sky so a bit before sunrise and we fast till sunset mm-hmm. and so when you're fasting you're abstaining from water you're from food. And people kind of think that's where we draw the line, but no. You have seen from everything, including like sexual activity, mm. swearing. I've seen from anything that is a harm in your life and anything that's bad. You really just want to. So during the day, you really just want to focus on your spirituality. You really want to focus on how to be a better person mm. and how to like get back to like your community and the communities around you. So we find that like Ramadan is really a month where. There's a jump in charity being done. There's a jump in like donations being
0: mm-hmm. made as well. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things I love so much that we've talked about is this idea that Ramadan is a time not only to focus on one's own personal spirituality, yeah. but kind of entering into solidarity mm-hmm. with people who go without food, not by choice. Yeah. I, and, and that it's a time for, uh, for good works. It's time for... I, I love that emphasis yeah. within the tradition.
1: It's really like very community oriented this mm-hmm. month. so apart from like um apart from like being in community with other muslims around you you also supposed to be in community with muslims like people you don't know I mean community people who are suffering because mm-hmm. there's so many in the world and we all have not we all but a lot of us have a lot of privilege and you know mm-hmm. Ramadan is really a time to account for that privilege that we have a really really time to remember that a lot of people that this period of fasting is a lot of people's daily lives. Yeah. They do not have the choice to fast. This is just how life is. And to try our best to help our other communities in need. Mm, that's so wonderful.
0: Well, and I think, um, and for people who may not be familiar with fasting in general, I think it's it's an important thing to see that it's not just about what you're depriving yourself of, but mm. there's... Other ways that you're that you fill that time. There's yeah. constructively things yeah. that happen.
1: I feel like in Ramadan I deprive myself of food and water and I nourish I I enrich myself. I nourish myself with spirituality mm. especially, you know. I so you know, I don't like suffer in Ramadan I guess. Mm. I really look forward to it. I know this is the time I'm able to be closest to God, the time I'm able to really depend on my community and Mm -hmm. be around and be surrounded by my community. And, you know, so, like, iftar is the meal you use to break your fast. Mm -hmm. And it's always just such a good, like, to put it simply, It's just a good time yeah. to be around people who've also been fasting all day mm-hmm. and people who all share like similar values to you, at least in this month, at least in this moment, you all join mm-hmm. together for the sake of something good.
0: Yeah, Wow. That's that's so beautiful, Mimi. And I love it because I'm so fascinated that it's something you look forward to um, earlier this year. And I don't feel like I'm even being pious to say this because it was more about um feel like I need a health reset more than anything. Mm -hmm. But I took a week to fast. And while coming from a very different tradition, one of the things I realized whenever I fast, I I don't always look forward to it. But then when I do it, there's a simplicity Mm -hmm. of kind of mind and spirit. The time that I take, not only to eat, but to think about what I'm going to eat and choices. I mean, I found myself sleeping better, more peaceful. The fact then though, too, that, you're doing that along with other people you're in community with, and then breaking fast with community as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes It's, it's just interesting because I think a lot of people care about fasting. It's like, oh, well, how do, how do people do that? When re, in reality, I think it's like we're hungry for, for deeper things yeah. that it's, the fast opens up for us. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's also like a month of forgiveness, you know, so a mm. month of really just connecting with God, a month of like learning more about your faith. And, you know, so... There's like, I, like, for like Instagram pages, it's like countdowns to Ramadan. Mm. And, you know, we so lots of Muslims are really looking forward to like starting the fast. Lots of Muslims are looking forward to like getting a deeper sense of spirituality this month, you know? Mm.
0: that That's, that's so, that's so lovely. One thing the I, I wanted to ask you in general, I mean, for me, is just, um, because you know, I talk. I, d- I really do talk about you and our Muslim Student Association, and I well, okay, even when I talk about or think about the work we do with Dharma, one of the things I find so interesting here is that okay, so to be a Muslim in Greencastle, mm-hmm. Indiana, where the closest mosque is Plainfield, forty minutes away, yeah, um, I, I find so consistently that like the the student groups on our campus that theoretically would have the least geographical kind of support. Like, okay, there's not a mosque right here for our Dharma, there's not a temple anywhere nearby. Um, How I feel like these are the groups also that flourish the most, because, and, and I'm curious if this is your assessment, because I, I really do mean this is a question, it sure seems like in some ways, the fact that there's not that kind of support, like around, because I mean, this is rural Indiana, almost means that the student groups are all the closer, and the leadership, all all the more strong what do you, do you think that's fair to say what do you, how, how does that feel for you even just to have your faith and practice living in a place like this
1: i think if you had everything on a platter in front of you like spread out in front of you you'd have to work for it yeah so, so we kind of have to work for it you kind of have mm. to organize well we're so blessed by it, with the csl with imam alamin mm. and with people like other parts of our muslim community that make it that make it easier for us for example, Imam al on comes over on some fret, once a month, I believe, to leave Jummah, You know, so I think it's, it's a bit tough sometimes in rural Indiana. However, that has never stopped the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. If we want something, we will go for it and we will try our best to get it. Because, yeah. you know, we are a community and these things are just maybe stomp, like just stumbling blocks, but like I said, mm. CSL is a great help, and so is other Muslims around Indiana, also a great help, like Imam
0: al mm, That's wonderful, and Imam al is just, he is an uh, amazing, beautiful human. We have such a dear yeah. friendship. But yeah, it's so, um, oh, that's so great, I and mean, I love thinking about, too, the way that, because I, I want to make sure I ask you about this. Mm-hmm. So in the same way that in Ramadan, Muslims enter into a kind of solidarity with people who are struggling in all kinds of levels from, you know, all kinds of traditions. I love, too, that Ramadan at least can be an opportunity for people outside the Muslim community yeah. to step into solidarity yeah. and maybe experiment with fasting. Could you say a bit about uh, what, what that can look like for people who would love to know more about your faith and how they can support their Muslim friends during this time? What that can um, look like
1: um don't invite them for lunch <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> no but i think to support your muslim friends just do some of the work of like learning about what ramadan is you know do mm. some research and of course you can ask questions but make sure you're asking questions in a kind way mm. and you're asking permission for you ask questions yeah. you know and also like just educate yourself about ramadan and so like for example no, Every day in Ramadan, not everybody is going to fast. Right. So there's a host of reasons why you can't fast because, you know, a lot of Islam is about finding a good balance Mm -hmm. with your faith and with the deen and the dunya. So with your faith and with this life. So, for example, you're not expected to fast if you're breastfeeding or if you're pregnant Mm -hmm. or if you're period, or if you're travelling or if you're you're sick, you know. So Mm -hmm. there's a host of reasons why people won't fast. So. Be mindful of that, so you don't necessarily embarrass someone by asking why oh, too fast right. a day. Well um Another way to um to support your maybe you want to like prepare a meal for them for iftar or just join them for iftar. Mm. I think they'll really love that. Um, there's so many ways. I think just show up in however you would for your friends. You know, show up as a friend. If you're curious, ask ask those questions. Ask them kindly.
0: Um, yeah that's that's so great I mean that is super helpful. Thank you for sharing that and I want to make sure I ask you of course, what Ramadan looks like specifically at Depa this year. I know um uh between m s a and us there's a lot of things happening on the calendar in the next month,
1: okay, so I'm super excited every time for Ramadan so Today's the first day of Ramadan, so we're going to be having um iftar. It's not going to be in Hoover, the main Hoover dining hall, but instead of being the Wallace Stewart Commons by 8pm, or just after 8 whenever our maghrib is, whenever sunset is. And for example, today we are going to all come back to CSL whoever wants to come and decorate CSL for the month of Ramadan and, mm-hmm. you know, just have the lights up and the little things up, you know, so we all get in the Ramadan spirit. Unfortunately, next week is going to be spring break and Hoover doesn't provide meals over spring break, but Jonathan and CSL have been so kind to help us get meals. So there is chicken, halal chicken available and there's rice so you can cook for yourself or we'll also be getting like ready-made halal meals from like Kroger so that you can also help yourself so that's just over spring break. And then after spring break, we'll have community iftar at least once, which is when we invite all the Muslims on campus here and also non-Muslims on campus. So invite your professors if you want, mm. invite your best friends, invite, you know, just invite everyone and go we'll over all be here. Again, we'll speak briefly on what Ramadan is. And the whole purpose of community entire is to build community between the Muslims on campus and between the non-Muslims. Mm. And we'll have this catered by um, chapati, so it's, it'll be good food, okay? It'll mm. be better than what we're used to. <laughs> it'll be good food, I promise. And, um, Then after coming to Iftar, what else do we have? We have Eid. So we'll have Eid and Eid Eid is usually like a three day celebration, but because we're in school and because, you know, we have to have a balance between Dean and Dunya, We're going to have Eid on Saturday and we're going to go to the mosque. And then after Eid prayers at the mosque, we will be going to um, a restaurant nearby the mosque where we will be paying for for your lunch. If you do come for Eid prayers with us, if you do, not that's fine. We will still have the eat mm. here on campus. You we'll have a barbecue and some snacks after. And then on Sunday we'll have the formal eat dinner, which is what we have every year, the formal eat
0: dinner. Wow, that's spectacular. And I'm so grateful for your leadership and for the exec team, for all that you do in, in planning. Um, it's so exciting for me that this is my first time being here. Yeah, Ramadan. To, I'm to really all these. excited
1: for you to be here and for you to come for IFTAR with us. I'm, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, oh my goodness. Um. So this is my, I'm a junior, but this is my second year on campus. And I have to say something I really loved mm. this year and last year is how like, during Ramadan, we really see the community, like the Muslim community unite. Mm-hmm. And you really see everybody like come come together, people coming out of the corners they were hiding in and being really, mm-hmm. you know, being right at the front of like saying, Okay, it's Ramadan, this is what we need. And I really, really do love that. Yes. And I think it's super helpful. And like being president of MSAs, honestly, it's not that difficult mm-hmm. because of the community I have with CSL, the mm-hmm. comu- and the community I have with the with the Muslim students. I feel like everybody, mm-hmm. everything works together like for good,
0: basically, Yes, yes. you know? Yeah, and I, 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 and I so see that. I mean, I love when I'm able to be here and be part of the meetings, just whenever I'm around. The, the, the community around MSA on campus is very special. I don't know another word for it. I just said there's something, there's just a unique character to the community. There's a warmth to it. And the opportunity then, not only for your community together, gather, but our broader community to be able to gather around you and walk alongside you. Um, I mean, what a what a beautiful gift. So thank you so much, Mimi, for sharing with us. And uh, thank you again for all your hard work and no. planning the events. No, every, thank you, every, Jonathan.
1: Honestly, uh-huh. I feel like so much of the work we do is possible because of CSR or mm-hmm. because of the
0: work you do to
1: support us. So
0: honestly, we're super-duper grateful for you at MSA. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's very kind. Well, you, seriously, y'all... Um, it, it enrich my life more than you could possibly know. So I really do. I keep, I keep joking about this being the job from heaven because I'm like, who gets to who gets to do this? I get to hang out with y'all, all the things I get to learn and experience. It's so um, it's it, it just it's just so rich for my own life. So uh it makes my own so full. Mm-hmm. I'm really I'm really grateful. Well, thank you, Mimi. Thank y'all for joining us, and hopefully we will see everybody yeah. around for the community iftar and uh, the 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 mosque trip. We're excited about mm-hmm. that. So yeah, thanks again for joining. Anything else? Maybe just by way of final reflections, anything else you'd want um, folks yeah. to know?
1: If anyone is not, like a non-Muslim on this live and is interested in fasting or learning more, please reach out to me mm. or Jonathan, he'll like give you my contacts. Absolutely. I guess. And yeah, and this is really just I'm really wishing everyone a very happy Ramadan and like a time for spiritual fulfillment and nourishment. And I hope you all have a blessed and happy Ramadan.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Thanks so much, friends, and we will see you soon. And thank you, Mimi.